Charles Dickens wrote Christmas Carol in 1843. This production of Christmas Carol at the Goodman Theater has been going is now in its 45th year, and yet it changes every year and night to night. So what what is the challenge and what is the fun of keeping Christmas Carol present and speaking to us right now in 2022? Yes, that's a great question. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, now in its 17th year, number 833. Shakespeare Company has certainly done parody versions of A Christmas Carol before, but this year, I have the extraordinary privilege of playing Ebenezer Scrooge in 10 performances of the Goodman Theater's 45th annual production of Charles Dickens' timeless holiday classic. Larry Yando, who's played Scrooge the last 14 years, will play him at all the other performances. Jessica Thebus returns to direct this production for her third year, and I'm thrilled to work with her again after appearing in her Chicago productions of Lauren Gunderson's The Book of Will at Northlight Theater and Sarah Gemitter's In the Garden, a Darwinian love story at Looking Glass Theater. The Goodman's A Christmas Carol officially opens a week from tonight, but Jessica and I spent some time between yesterday's two preview performances to talk about the joys and challenges of making this chestnut fresh and new every year. I myself do not think it is as challenging to keep the story fresh Mm. as one might think. Mm. I think theater artists do have a kind of like, oh, Christmas Carol, you know, it's like dancers and nutcracker. It's like, that's how we, you know, keep ourselves (laughs) fed for the year because everybody does it. So in a way it has this old chestnut, if you will, Mm -hmm. kind of thing. But I think the story is in and of itself very fresh. And very modern, yeah, yeah. Very Very modern. It's an intimate story. It's a story of change, of grace, of everything that we need to hear. It is a cultural myth. It is powerful in and of itself. Dickens' writing is beautiful. Christmas Day, I haven't missed it. You know, this is just like, you don't need to do anything to those moments. Yeah. But then there is the what, especially coming to the show as I did right out of the pandemic, feeling like, well, we can't tell this story without appreciating the moment that we're in. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's an interesting thing. I don't think it's required to make the show fresh, but I do think thinking about how it speaks to a specific moment is challenging, but also really interesting. Well, and and this is your third year directing, yeah. It, technically, yes, yes, it is the third. Right, the first year there wasn't any, there weren't any performances, so you did a radio adaptation, which was quite lovely. Um, this is my first year being part of this juggernaut, and I'm in, impressed and amazed with how everybody, including all the veterans that have worked on this production for sometimes more than ten years, 
are willing to reinvestigate it every year and willing to work with newbies who have to be brought in to the thing. I mean, this, the, the story is also sadly or wonderfully timely. I mean, there is this, there is that behavior. And what I've realized thinking about playing the role of Scrooge is that it is a story about being called upon to witness, mm -hmm. to watch things, to see the world around you and try to do something about it, which is absolutely a lesson I need to learn. Yes, for sure. And to reflect on yourself. Yeah. That to reflect yeah. on ourselves, being, yeah. you know, we are mostly not in the situation of Scrooge, you know, but it's not only about someone with a very extreme jealousy and greed, you right. know, paralysis. Yeah. It's about all of us. And yeah. like, what are we, what are we seeing? What are we keeping our eyes from? Where are we turning our eyes down? Yeah. Where are we avoiding our fellow beings? You know, this is a maybe a tangent, but I have been thinking about it reading Adrienne Marie Brown, wonderful thinker and writer. And one of the things she puts forth is ask yourself, who are you punishing? Is there anyone you're punishing right now? And it makes you a little bit like, uh, I kind of think I might be punishing my sister and maybe myself and, you know, my irritating friend or yeah. whatever. So, you know, phone calls and texts worth two ways, right? <laughs> I'm not the only one dropping the ball there. Yeah. Exactly. But it's a great question that the show asks. And also, it seems like such a perfect show for you as a director, too, because it's, it's heartfelt and full of comedy, and full of theatricality, magical theatricality that I know you just love. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, there's such potential for the lyrical, and I love the lyrical, but then it butts right up against the irreverent comic, yeah. and that's my favorite thing, is yeah. those two things mixed. Yeah. It's like a spiritual question is asked, and the answer to the spiritual question is kind of maybe a body joke, yeah. and that yeah. I love that. And it, it really does present that. I mean, you have to watch it because it can't get too lyrical or yeah. it'll get sentimental. Yeah. And it can't get too comic because then it'll get kind of cartoonish. It has yeah. to it has to be both. And really, that's the actors. I think the actors have to be like, we are totally having fun yeah. and we are also taking the story seriously. And I do think that's what we have in this company. Oh, for, for sure. And also, it's an interesting, because I always believe that, you know, a story is only as good as its bad guy. Mm -hmm. And this story, your bad guy is the protagonist. And the and I think the nastier he is, the also, the, the farther away we get from sentimentality. Yes, I right? think that's true. Well, also the uh, most authentically nasty. Yes. I mean, this is a big thing for me, that even in the scenes mm -hmm. with young Scrooge, mm -hmm. where it's very easy to condemn him, yeah. you know, for like, my gosh, he's leaving that lovely young woman. Yeah. What's his problem? Um, he's just turned into a total jerk, you yeah. know. But I think it's important, and for sure for the actor, and in some of my conversations with Daniel, for example, who plays young Scrooge, is like, his position is understandable. Yeah. It has got to be defensible. You know, that his position is that celebrating is a waste yeah. and that people must, you know, children wouldn't be starving right. if everyone, you know, only focused right. on 
working. Yeah. You know, it, it's not, you can't go all the way with that argument, but you have to feel, it has to be authentic to that actor. Y- yes. So that you aren't just like, oh, I'm the bad guy. And the other interesting thing is, yes, it's the protagonist, but I would say the antagonist is all of the spirits. Yes. Kind uh-huh. of creating one, mm-hmm. so that's Marley, mm-hmm. and past, and present, yeah. and future, and I think we have another little half a ghost in it in it this year, making it five, um, doing another thing. Yeah. But the, they, and then they, they transform, and you never know what you're going to get. They're yeah. sort of more comic or more terrifying, or you don't know what they're going to do. Um, and, and you mentioned that it has to be truthful to that actor. You've, you've gone through a variety of actors over the years. This, this show has gone through a variety of actors over the years. And even this year, you've got understudies and alternates doing things. And, and we will do things differently. And you've been very encouraging, at least to me, about, you know, I've got to find, I can't just copy what Larry is doing. I have to find my way through it. And I'm a big fan of copying anybody, but I can only copy what I can copy, right? Absolutely, because it has to be truthful. You can only copy what feels good to you. And then if it does, fabulous. You know, you can copy it, you'll make it your own, da-da-da-da-da. And that's, you know, how bits get added that really work and, and, and whatever. But no, and here's the thing. The story structure is extremely solid. It's so great. It can support all kinds of different jokes, all kinds of different approaches. Scrooge can be very elderly and enfeebled, or he could be very youthful and prematurely old. He could have a lot of anger, or he could just have a lot of judgment. You know, all of the things work. This is Ebenezer Scrooge, and you're listening to the Reduce Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? Sadly, we are not performing the Ultimate Christmas Show Abridged anywhere this year. But in the first half of 2023, we'll be performing the complete history of comedy abridged in Indiana and Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, Fort Worth, Texas, Reston, Virginia, the McCarter in Princeton, New Jersey, and Basalt and Lone Tree, Colorado. Check out the touring page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, or our Twitter feed at Reduced for the latest information. Now back to my conversation with Jessica Thebus, the director of the Goodman Theater's production of A Christmas Carol, which runs from now until New Year's Eve. I'll be playing Ebenezer Scrooge at 10 performances, including this Friday, the day after Thanksgiving at 7.30 p.m., and I was just sharing my epiphany about the character of Scrooge. It is one of the great roles. One of the great roles. Uh, And I never thought of it that way before. It's one of the great roles. It's a full-on, deep transformation where you start out as a different person. And the more of Dickens' language is in the adaptation, 
the better. And we yeah. have a good helping of it, you know, yeah. because we have some narration and then we have the scenes adapted skillfully. And it's beautiful mm-hmm. language to speak. Mm-hmm. And you remember that Dickens read his work out loud. Yeah. You know, a lot of people only heard it. Yeah. They didn't read it. They heard it. Mm. They heard him read it. They heard other people read it. It is meant to be spoken. He's writing for actors. Yeah. And you, it's, you 100% hear it. Well, and we've only, as we record, we've only had the first weekend of previews. Mm-hmm. And they've been packed, mobbed with people attending this ritual and having been waiting for this for at least a year, if not longer, because of the pandemic. And I'm amazed. I shouldn't be amazed, because this is Chicago, and theater audiences here are amazing. But this is not, I wouldn't call this a big, flashy, uh, sexy, pizzazz-filled Christmas carol. It's a drama. It's a holiday drama, and people are here for it, every second of it. Yes, and there are subtle moments like when Scrooge presents Cratchit with the silver candlesticks Mm. at the end. You know, you only really understand the significance of that if you've really been listening. Because it's only referred to once in an earlier scene. But the fact that the audience really responds to that, I think, Mm -hmm. tells us that they're really listening to the story. And yes, it's 45 years. You know, people, people, great grandmothers, grandmothers, mothers, kids, you know, they're all coming to the theater together. And it's so fun for me to watch um, the actors who've never done it before experience that curtain call. Because it's not that surprising. I mean, sure, of course, you know, but just watching the faces of our new cast members with like, what is happening? You know, it's just just this standing ovation and people of all ages and everybody's singing and yeah. that you really are like, oh my, my gosh. Yeah. And you do get the sense that you've stepped into and are participating in this ritual. It reminds me when we did, well, maybe this is weird macabre, but when we put on the memorial for my mother when she died. Mm -hmm. And people were thanking me afterwards. And I realized, oh, right, you thought it was for you. (laughs) I thought it was for me. It was for all of us. And and we're up on, the actors are up on stage Mm -hmm. going, boy, it's not just for us up here. It's for them. This is important. That communion of actor and audience. Yes, we're all doing it together. And that does take me to something I feel is extremely important and challenging with The Christmas Carol is that everyone should feel invited. Yeah. Everyone should feel invited mm. to this ritual. And we've made some specific changes. We sing the Hanukkah song yeah. in the play. Yeah. We have a Christmas carol in Spanish. We have a Christmas carol from Ukraine. Yeah. You can't do every single thing, but, and it is still a Christmas carol. Yeah. That is what it's about. But but it is not shaped to be for people who celebrate Christmas or for people who are religious around their Christmas practice. It is really, and there's a lot of wonderful writing, particularly from Jeanette Winterson, who calls it the great cultural rag bag of Christmas, (laughs) that sure, 
you know, there's the, of course, you know, it's it's a Christian story, but then you also have influences from all these other countries and even at the very beginning, Rome, and yeah. then all these pagan holidays kind of rolled up in yeah. there and, and it, oh, opening that breadth of the welcome, yeah. I think is really important because the story has nothing to do with being exclusive at all. At all, it is. Yeah entirely about community and about your fellow creatures. And so we do the as much as we can yeah. to n- open the arms of the show very wide so that that embrace is unquestionable. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. For more information about the Goodman Theater's production of A Christmas Carol, including which dates I'll be performing go to goodmantheater.org. Then send us your timeless holiday traditions via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com or throw a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com or visit my website, theshakespeareans.com. Thanks as always to covetous old sinner Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and GarageBand, and this week by Eric Essex, whose holiday album, My Gift to You, is essential listening this time of year. Go to ericessex.net to find more of his great music. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to the Dean family. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Ebenezer Scrooge himself, Larry Ando, not only for this week's celebrity blurb, but for all the tips and insights he's shared with me during this rehearsal process. And as always, thanks very much to you for listening. Please continue to stay safe, get your boosters, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 833 2499ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Should that go on the poster? Christmas Carol, it's not just for white Victorians anymore. Exactly. Well, that's that's been a long time gone, I would hope, but still. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. 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 And so much less.